gentlemen seven o'clock on a saturday night and as usual that means it's time for the other podcast i'm your host robert stacy mccain and i'm not hello folks it's john hogue here the other guy on the other podcast and live and direct from exotic valdosta georgia hi diana hello hello Ah, oh, yes things are very exotic indeed down there in valdosta this week yeah, which story are you picking up on? My uh, personal, uh, I have no, a personal uh, favorite. Go for <laughs> it. Okay. okay. Um, there was a traffic stop, and for a wonder, no gunplay, um, in which a guy was stopped in a sto- possibly stolen vehicle. They haven't. There, there's some investigation going in on that. It may just have been borrowed, um, and. Uh, they caught him with a, a, a narcotic I didn't recognize, but that's not a big surprise. Um, marijuana, a weapon, and six, count them, six felony warrants. Wow. Well, I was, I was reading this story, monkeypox case reported in South Georgia. Yes. <laughs> and they're they're not being very specific about exactly which <sighs> county it's in. No, <laughs> they're not. Yeah. Um, I don't it's not here in Lowndes as far as I know. Um, and I dug into the health uh, department statistics. So as far as I know, it's not Lowndes. <laughs> Okay, well, well, the, I've stayed away from that story. Uh, yeah, uh, no, yeah. and the only the only thing I've done with it was I did a. Uh, are you pondering what I'm pondering on it? And basically, it asked uh, Pinky asks uh, if uh, Curious George has been vaccinated. Ah. <laughs> hey, folks. Uh, speaking of which, you can find my good friend John Hogue's blogging at hoguewash.com. Meanwhile, Stacy's stuff basically lurks around uh, theothermccain.com, although you can also find his scribblings at other fine spots around the interweb. Yeah, not necessarily with my name on it. I, I, I don't, I've got a day job, folks, but that's another uh-huh. story. Uh, uh, meanwhile, uh, you know, uh, we are four, no, five days away from the first um, uh, first preseason game. And I've of, told him that he can't do football until after the first preseason <laughs> no, game. But, he but, is but so here's frustrated. The, here's the thing is that the <laughs> Patriots are playing the Giants on Thursday. I have Thursday. a mic switch for you. <laughs> and you know, that I'm a, you know that I'm a Patriots fan, and your lack of patriotism. I is, have a mic switch for you, Stacey. See, see what I'm saying? See what well, I'm saying? Actually, just, let's get to the important sports story of the week, maybe of the 
mm-hmm. year, for as far as I'm concerned, it's a very yeah. sad story. Uh, it's the death of Vin Scully. Yeah. Now, let I me tell you. listening to him at you grew up, Dodger games. You grew up listening to him. I grew mm-hmm. up listening to him. I remember when he was working uh, with Red Barber on the mm. Brooklyn Dodgers. He, That's a little before Vin, my time. <laughs> Vin, Sc- Vin Scully called the World Season in 1953, which is when I was in the first grade. Mm. Vin Scully called the first World Series uh, that I can actually remember having a chance to listen to live in 1959 when they had moved out to uh, uh, L.A. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's uh, Vin Scully, I mean, literally is a part of my entire life. Died at ninety four. He's twenty years old. Yeah, he got that. He got that job when he was only twenty three years old. Yeah. Yes, he did. Actually, a little. Isn't younger. that a great? Isn't his bio just great? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, I was just. I, I was a little bit confused as to whether it's Ben Scully. No, no, it was Phil Rizzuto who did the great play by play on uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. Yes, mm-hmm. but uh, no. My favorite. No, Vin would never have agreed to that. (laughs) My my favorite call by Vin Scully happened very much toward the end of his career, uh, in the in actually less than twenty years ago. Um, Mm. L.A. had hired a shortstop from Taiwan, uh, Mm -hmm. Chen Lung Hu, and they were on a a away game series with the Diamondbacks, and uh, finally who got his first major league base hit. And uh-huh. at that point, Vince Scully paused, <laughs> took a deep breath and said, okay, everybody all together. Who's, who's on first? On first. <laughs> did, do. I mean, did, did that rim shot come through clearly it enough? Did. You know, you know, you've got to be a certain age, I think, even to know the who's on first. No, I, 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 kids, even kids today know it from uh, Abbott and Costello uh, piece on YouTube. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And right. I've oh. seen I've seen uh, kids do it in talent shows. I've seen it a lot of different places. Kids know yeah. it. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you've other... got to appeal to the popular imagination. Well, how about <laughs> the popular horror? <laughs> Stacey, I need to talk to you at supper again this evening about Rule 5. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Speaking of supper, you might lose it over this. But, you know, you know I see... Folks, when I was first starting out, when I was first starting out as a blogger, back when I was on the uh, uh, um, the blogger platform, um, but anyways, when I first started out, um, after my first year, I had a million total page views, and I was very proud of this, and I did uh, what I called... Uh, Took me a year and a half to get there. Yeah, the rules of how to get a million hits on your blog. Uh, and, and rule five was, uh, everybody, everybody loves, loves a pretty girl. And, and it is so true, uh, that, mm-hmm. that it, that if one of the reasons that you see, uh, so many, for instance, uh, so many female faces on TV news, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, is simply because people will watch women. They, they figured out that people, 
would like to see a pretty girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and so Fox and Friends, for example, is uh, you know is far and away up there, and it's whoever is in the the middle. They've always got a, a good-looking uh, young woman in the middle, and I've forgotten her name. But by the way, she used to be the publicist for my publisher. She did PR uh, when my book came out about well, on the other years hand, ago. You know, on the other hand, uh, you know, I would much rather look at, say, Mary Catherine uh, Ham than I would uh, who you have at the top of this one. <laughs> okay. The, the headline, Lena Dunham oh. is totally triggered about abortion rights, even though she had a hysterectomy more than four years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Lena Dunham, and, and uh, this is from uh, Breitmark.com, filmmaker Lena Dunham, who once said she'd never had an abortion but wishes she had, says the U.S. Supreme Court's decision to overrule Roe v. Wade was one of the darkest days she ever experienced in her life. Quote, I'm terrified, Dunham told Yahoo Entertainment of the court's Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization ruling. Quote, I grew up with a mother who was part of the Downtown Women's Action Coalition that went and held hands around abortion clinics to make sure that women could enter and exit safely without being harassed by protesters. I was also raised to say anti-choice and not pro-life for people who advocate those views. And she went on to say, Um, We need to do everything we can to make abortion accessible uh, and affordable. And she said that it was probably one of the darkest days that I've ever experienced in my life in terms of my terror around what's happening in this country. Well, go ahead. Uh, Well, Stacey, you know, and and here's the kind of cloudy thinking that don't just doesn't. Well, doesn't understand what the words mean in English. Um, And for example, the the idea that because I'm pro-life, I'm anti-choice. No, actually what I'm doing is I'm advising people that uh, they should choose life. And you have plenty of choices that well before an abortion, you have plenty of choices. You have choices Um, before pregnancy. You sure as heck do. Abortion is, is, Abortion is a, a horror show. Um, even if you're not a Christian, look at, you know, all this crap of people saying, shout your abortion. I have never known a woman who had an abortion who was happy about it. Generally yeah. speaking, they're miserable about it. They regret it. They're sad. It's horrible. Why would you want a woman to go through this? Why do is, are they? Would you go to this these idiot lengths that these people go that people like Lena Dunham are advocating? It's crazy. The ridiculous thing about it, of course, is that uh, about five years ago, uh, mm-hmm. when Lena Dunham was thirty-one years old, uh, she had some um, uh, chronic uh, gynecological problems. Uh, that led her to get a hysterectomy, okay? So she can never get pregnant. And I I know that many of you are are very grateful that she's not going to reproduce. Uh, 
uh, you know, I, uh, you know, that uh, in one look at her and she's obviously what? an inferior she's sort of so. person, but, uh, but the idea that she is so invested in choice or abortion rights in this purely hypothetical and political thing, right? It's not that she is at risk of an unwanted pregnancy. She's not at risk of pregnancy at all, right? But, but this idea, it, 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 abortion, Roe v. Wade, for that matter, choice, you know, however mm. they want to call it, occupies a weird place in these people's minds. It's a sort of fixation. And I would suggest uh, that they get, you know, mental health treatment, but there's so many of them that there aren't enough shrinks in the world to deal with all these crazies. Well, but on the other hand, one of the things about understanding uh, what you're arguing against is understanding how the other side perceives it. And I think the three of us perceive the question as having to do with the right to life of the baby, as mm -hmm. opposed to people who have a different point of view that causes them to look at it as an enslavement of the woman uh, <sighs> to support this other person for nine months. Now, the, the, the sigh I heard in reaction there you know, it's under, you know, that, that frustration with that, with the conclusions that come from that point of view, still you have to understand that someone who's arguing from that point of view needs to be brought around to see the other uh, point of view. You, well, you, shi you shine a light from one direction, you create shadows that, uh, that obscure stuff. And so, yeah. you know, uh, yes, it, the, it's a wrong-headed point of view caused by looking at the problem from an odd direction. Well, it's not just that. It's that they're, they're, the idea is that somehow or other, a young a woman is um, either has autonomy or she's a slave. This is not the case. Um, I mean, what we're seeing, though, with the attacks on crisis pregnancy centers, what we're seeing with the rhetoric that people like Lena Dunham are using, that um, I only have autonomy because I, can't, I don't have children, makes no... I, I mean, this just doesn't make sense. If you stop and back up and say, wait a minute, um, why don't... This is not a logical treatment of the question, I guess, is my issue. Well, it is if you have the point of view where the entire universe centers around you. Did you ever? And if you have, and if you have a point of view about the nature of whether the nature of truth is grounded in fact, or whether it's grounded in power, or or convenience. Yeah, um, Stacy, you were going to ask something. Did you ever hear of a guy named Michael Crichton? Oh, yeah. Uh, Andromeda strain, for starters. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Michael Crichton also wrote a book called, a novel called Jurassic Park. Yes, he did. Life Finds now, a Way. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. Now, wait a minute. Hold that thought. That's exactly what I was getting to. Mm -hmm. That if you know what you're looking for, you can get a, find a sermon 
even in the most what other people would think of as a uh, 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 a sort of silly uh, piece of pop culture. But um, in Jurassic Park, there's that famous scene, and you know what I'm talking about. Life uh-huh. finds a way. Now, what are we dealing with in Jurassic Park? Extinct species, mm-hmm. right? There's a great line in there where he's saying, Tyrannosaurus doesn't want to be fed. Tyrannosaurus wants to hunt. In other yeah. words, there's a basic instinct involved. Mm-hmm. For million, well, however long human life has existed, and we could talk about that, but the point is that for most of human history, what did human life consist of? survive and reproduce Mm -hmm. okay that was i i mean you know uh people have thought about this uh you know including people who i i strongly disagree with on on the Mm -hmm. issue of uh, evolution but uh but, but then the again, there are people like me who have uh, who disagree with you, uh, and we still are inside the big broad tent. Well, hey, you are, know what? I stopped telling God what to do a long time ago. There, <laughs> are two kinds, there are two kinds of people in the world: people who agree with me and people who are wrong. But meanwhile, <laughs> back at the ranch, what I was trying to get to here we'll get- is that is that you know. It it occurred to me a long time ago while I was, you know, slaving away at the office, you know, and so so many people in journalism are invested in their careers, right? Okay, all they care about is getting one step ahead of the game, you know, that they're going to get promoted, they're going to move on to a larger venue, whatever, okay? And this ambition, if you've ever worked in the Washington press corps, everybody just scrambling to get ahead, and I'm like, look, my life is not about career. You know, mm-hmm. uh, your byline is forgetting as soon as it's out with the next day's paper. It's a fish wrap, okay? The, you, you'll be forgotten in terms of that. But your children, okay, what you do for a living, okay, mm-hmm. is about living, okay? It's about paying the bills to raise your family, okay? That This is real life, okay? Your family, your home. That's your life, okay? Work is just what you do to pay the bills. But Lena Dunham, she has a career, yeah? And this idea that your career is going to be impacted, okay, baby, survive and reproduce. You failed at one of those. Mm. Well, she may be failing at both. I mean, she doesn't look massively healthy. Yeah, in yeah of those well, pictures she's massively something, and I don't <laughs> think health is the worst. Who wears a brown bikini? That's my big oh, question. My, oh, my God. <laughs> I, well, I mean, that's like wearing a brown it, suit in New York. Yeah, well, it ought to be in fluorescent <laughs> orange, you know, like one of those, uh, uh, you know, like a, a warning. low side. Yeah. Or, 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 or uh, chartreuse. Yeah, like uh, the... Oh, I'm sorry. But anyway, the, and what's with know, all those stupid tattoos? Come on, yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like uh, has anyone has anyone's appearance ever been improved by a tattoo? I don't know, but I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I can think on. of a particular boxer, who, but never mind. Uh, the The whole thing is is that these people are so disconnected from reality that they have lost their 
understanding that they might have had at one time a basic human biology. Right. Okay. <clears throat> but the uh, problem, <clears throat> the problem is, is that you see this creeping just throughout oh. what uh, uh, tries to be, uh, you know, our intellectual space here in America. Politico had a story up this week, and let me read the headline to you. Data brokers resist pressure to stop collecting info on pregnant people. Oh, dear. Yeah, well, perhaps someone really ought to remind them, I think it's remind, but they, <laughs> surely at one time they knew, remind the staff at Politico that, <laughs> that only sexually mature human beings with a pair of X chromosomes uh, have the bodily organs necessary to gestate a baby. And that means to be pregnant. So in the English language, <laughs> that kind of human being is called a woman. You know, the last time I heard somebody say pregnant people was back in junior high when a girl was beat, when a uh, girl who was headed for trouble was informed by a counselor that she might end up at a certain high school in my town. And she, she screeched the name and cried, that's for pregnant people. <laughs> yeah, well. Someone <laughs> was trying to drop her a hint, and she did, and it, it sailed she over her head. But, I mean, it. <laughs> look, but this disconnect from reality, uh, the next couple of things we're going to carry are, 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 are pieces you did. Uh, the, the other one basically is about screw our <sighs> carbon footprints Let's worry about our plutonium footprints. Yeah, I, this this next item uh, led me to wonder if there is a Thorazine shortage. Maybe the <laughs> supply chain has mixed up because, you know, Thorazine is a very heavy-duty uh, 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 psychiatric drug. Well, mm -hmm. if you look at the way some of them are shuffled, never mind. Yeah, it's the Haldol <laughs> shuffle. You're, That's the Haldol. It's known as tardic dyskinesia. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the Haldol It's very shuffle. scary stuff. Thorazine will do the same thing for you. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, but it's the only thing that can, uh, uh, deal with it when someone is in a full-blown psychotic episode uh, they dose them up with thorazine for a couple of three days before they even start trying to do any other kind of therapy meanwhile back at the ranch give war a chance was the headline uh and i used a a uh, mushroom <sighs> cloud to illustrate this uh, and it is, you might be a climate change fanatic if South China Morning Post North American Bureau Chief Robert Delaney published a bizarre editorial on Tuesday um, in which he suggested a war between America and China um, sparked by Beijing making good on its threat of a military response to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan, could be even better than the coronavirus pandemic for reducing the world's <laughs> carbon footprint. Okay, that's a long <laughs> sentence. But in other words, what he's saying is that war is good, just like the coronavirus, because it may reduce 
our carbon footprint. The Don't problem him is first. The him problem, first, okay? <laughs> yeah, but the problem there is China is a nuclear power and China uh-huh. is not given to losing uh, with the current attitude they have now mm. about how they fit in in the universe. And so mm-hmm. that, uh, I, you know what? TNT has a rather nasty carbon footprint, but it ain't nearly as bad as uh, the footprint you get from detonating the RDX (laughs) that is the trigger to compress the plutonium to make it go pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, and the idea that these are, you know, these journalists, right, are supposed to be the grownups in the room, and they, they, and it is a sort of madness. That's why I talked about the Thorazine shortage. It's just like in the in the previous story we had talked about Lena Dunham and this fixation, this obsession, this psychiatric tunnel vision that makes them for, focus on abortion as if that's mm. the only issue that matters. And it's the same thing with climate change. These people who get climate change on the brain, it just mm. completely warps their judgment. What is it from, is it from a shortage of Thorazine or uh, a surplus of marijuana? Or I mean, is they it just smoking, a... They're smoking some really great stuff, I guess. Uh, well, or is know, it some I sort of a weird lot of weed back in the day? Back in my long-haired, hippie, uh, uh, adolescent dopehead days, I, I smoked a lot of weed, but I never got that bad. Well, on the other hand, it could also be that they're on the take. <laughs> that could be the case. Headline, is Max Blumenthal on the Kremlin payroll? And other Ukraine questions, uh, a post at the other McCain earlier this week. And, and uh, uh, yeah. I, I, I kind of went about this story the roundabout way, talking about uh, taking a headline from Ace of Spades, mm-hmm. White House stenographer Tom Friedman throws Zelensky and Ukraine under the bus, calling both corrupt. What does it mean? And uh, this goes back to Thomas Friedman did a uh, column mm-hmm. in which he he t- talked about privately U.S. officials are a lot more concerned about Ukraine's leadership. He said there's a deep mistrust between the White House and President Vladimir Zelensky. Zelensky. And uh, and and they, he talks about corruption and and you know the question is what is being signaled here okay oh they're about to throw them over yeah well apparently this war is dragging on too long and it's it's hurting joe's re-election chances so my guess is (laughs) they're trying to like pressure them into some kind of early thing but meanwhile let's get back to alleged russian puppet Max Blumenthal, about 15 years ago, I was at the Washington Times and he was a young investigative journalist at The Nation. If you know The Nation, it's a left wing mm-hmm. rack. But anyways, he authored an expose of The Washington Times focused on accusations of racism, racism against me and some of my bosses and Anyways, it, it was it's something I don't even think about. But earlier this week, uh, one morning I woke up and was just, it just the thought hit me, whatever happened to Max Blumenthal? Because I lost track of him. He used to be uh, 
uh, prominent enough that uh, uh, Andrew mm-hmm. Breitbart used to use him as a punchline for his jokes. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if you remember that footage at CPAC uh, mm-hmm. where uh, uh, Max Blumenthal is trying to confront, you know, stick a microphone into people's face. And somebody pointed out he had uh, boogers hanging out of his nose. <laughs> and it was so funny. But anyways, but but then he got into some sort of controversy. He is one of those Jews against Israel kind of people. That you, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. And he got off on some pro-Palestinian thing. Well, anyways. Blumenthal has contributed to broadcasts on Russia Today, paid for by the Kremlin, uh, uh, and uh, he founded the Gray Zone website within a month of his uh, 2015 visit to Moscow. And I'm reading, by the way, from the Wikipedia page, so if there's any... uh, erroneous information in there i'm not responsible so i'm not slandering or libeling anyone here i'm just telling you what other people said that he was accused of promoting views supportive of bashar al-assad and the syrian government in other words the syrian dictatorship which is supported by russia Uh anyways and so he he had and i pointed out for the record that uh, Max Blumenthal denies uh, uh, being a Russian puppet, but uh, mm. anyways, but but the weird thing about this is that um, uh, <laughs> Molfar, oh my God, Molfar, Molfar, Molfar <laughs> thank you. Yes, Molfar is a consulting company specializing in open source intelligence partnered with Ukraine's Ministry for Digital Transformation and with the USAID, if you know what USAID is. Yeah, so, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the State Department agency that runs foreign aid. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. If they, they, the people who go around sprinkling money on, on mouthpieces, yes. Yeah. What a weird, yeah. weird combination. Well, anyways, Molfar, this consulting agency based in London, Uh, sent out a press release offering to dish dirt on Max Blumenthal, accusing him of taking money from the Kremlin to to run an aggressive campaign against Ukraine. And and Max Blumenthal, I keep wanting to call him Sidney. That's his father. That's his dad. Max Blumenthal responded, uh, called it a dodgy dossier. Well, to hold it. Uh, uh, put out by might... a, a USAID-backed smear factory. But, but that's an interesting connection, the fact that his father is Sidney Blumenthal. Oh, yeah. Who is Sidney Blumenthal notably connected with? <laughs> Hillary uh, someone Clinton. Someone named Hillary Clinton, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and Bill, and the Clinton Foundation, and the State <sighs> Department. Yeah, and I would just like to see this story blow up to become front page news in the New York Times, where our taxpayer money <laughs> is being used. It, it works its way around from the Ukrainian government to some British intelligence agency that is allegedly smearing Ukraine. Max Blumenthal. Okay, because yeah. I've got zero admiration for Max Blumenthal, but, <laughs> but. You know, uh, I don't want my government 
funding these sort of psyop types of things by foreign governments. You know, it's like you're free to have whatever opinion and say it out loud about Ukraine and Russia and everything else. Okay, but you got to understand there's some interesting things here that I'll just throw out. Okay. The Blumenthal's are associated with the Clintons. Biden Sorry. isn't. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Well, hmm. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Zelensky isn't. Aha. Uh -huh. The previous, uh, the previous, uh, <laughs> previous, the, uh, uh, let's just say the opposition in uh, uh, Ukraine isn't either, although they are associated with the Bidens. So where do we Everybody, up on look, everybody in, in Ukraine should be regarded with skepticism because it's all, look, the legacy of Soviet rule is corruption. Look, there's no denying it. There's no getting around it. It's there's a lot of corruption. Zelensky has um, uh, has taken the Russian invasion as a wonderful excuse to uh, turn all his enemies into one one neck, so he can cut it all off. There has been absolutely no question in my mind that there he has some rather nasty tendencies. Do the you remember this? Go ahead. The good news here is that um, eventually the war will end, and um, guess what? There will be a lot of people with, with weapons, and they can probably talk him out of his uh, current path. Well, the, the interesting thing also here is, do you remember the second reason why Trump was impeached? The telephone oh, uh, call The telephone call with Zelensky about yes. investigating corruption really related mm -hmm. to the Biden family. Now, mm -hmm. you know, you have Biden's got to have a certain level of concern, or at least his handlers and Hunter have to have a certain level of concern about what Zelensky uh, has in a file folder. <laughs> um, what Zelensky has or what uh, some of the people behind Zelensky have. I mean, well, you've got to know it, there's a big bureaucracy there. Yes, but you, you have to understand that uh, th this is an interesting standoff. And I'm mm -hmm. sure as, 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 as things progress, things are going to get even more interesting. But right now, <laughs> we've made it just past the bottom of the hour. And Stacy, oh. instead of uh, starting in on the yellow button, you actually have something more important to talk about. Yeah, this is where we would usually have the shameless capitalism. Uh, part of the podcast, but uh, uh, where I would tell you to hit the yellow donate button on my blog. But instead of donating to me uh, right now, stick it to the top of my blog and, and it'll stay up there until uh, uh, some folks uh, come through for our good friend. My friend Lisa Grass needs help. Uh, mm -hmm. She has been diagnosed with cancer uh, uh, they first found it, uh, she, I think she had previously had cancer before, but uh, mm. they, they, it was in, they found it in her liver oh. and it's also in her uh, lungs and oh. bones. And so, so it's uh, apparently metastasized, but uh, uh, it's very serious. Uh, she was talking about it. And uh, you may not remember Le Lisa Grass, but 10 years ago, uh, when I was out on the campaign trail, uh, Lisa 
was a leading online supporter of Senator Rick Santorum's primary campaign for the Republican nomination. You will remember if you, if you're, like I said, if you're a longtime reader, I started out on the mm-hmm. cane train. Okay. I mean, like right after the 2010 midterm elections, I got a call from my buddy, Steve, who told me that he had launched a website uh, called Draft Herman Kane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and, and he asked me if I, how I felt about that. And I said, well, I, Hey man, I love Herman. So I, I was on the cane train and then of course he got taken down. It was the mm-hmm. Huntsman campaign. I'm told that did it. But anyways, so then my good friend, Lisa Grass, who had, had, uh, he's a real pro-life Catholic and had been, uh, supporting Rick Santorum, uh, she convinced me to sign up for the Rick Santorum campaign. And hey, Iowa caucuses never bet against the pro-lifers in the mm-hmm. Iowa caucuses. Let me just tell you that. So anyways, uh, she was a big booster of Rick Santorum. And when I was covering the Louisiana primary, I got busted in the notorious speed trap town of Labonia. Okay. Oh, okay. And it was a long story, but uh, Lisa actually drove all the way over 600 miles from Kentucky and, and drove me. We went off the, to the victory campaign and everything else. And then she brought me back home over a thousand miles from Louisiana. <laughs> and then, uh, and so, so she was a friend, you know, a friend in need is a friend indeed. And, mm-hmm. uh, but she still blogs at her site, Pierced Heart. And I would deeply, deeply appreciate it. She's got chemo treatments that are going to cost between $10,000 and $20,000 a month. Mm. So it's right there at the top of my blog where you can click and donate uh, to help Lisa Grass. And and everything you could do for her would be deeply appreciated. Yep. And so in this case, the five most important words in the English language aren't about the tip jar, but they're about uh, supporting Lisa. Yes. Yeah. And so, so hit Lisa's tip, tip jar. jar. Yes. Go and hit uh, Lisa's tip jar. Indeed. Yeah. Now, the uh, it's been an interesting last couple of three or four or five weeks uh, in s- civil rights. It's civil same, rights. Civil <laughs> rights, especially with respect to the Second Amendment after the uh, New York uh, uh, Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin case, mm-hmm. um, which basically said that uh, New York's uh, a good cause restriction on carry permits was unconstitutional. Well, New York is doing its thing now to uh, figure out how to work around it, whereas at least here in Maryland, uh, the governor directed the state police to obey the law and the uh, attorney general, uh, who is a Democrat even, uh, has said, yeah, we're going to have to uh, obey the law, which is kind of interesting. But as a result of that case, several other pending cases, uh, the court granted certiorari and then just uh, per curiam said, yeah, uh, you, you, the Court of Appeals got it wrong. We're sending this back. One of those cases was... Uh, uh, the was a, a case called Bianchi uh, versus Frosch, and Frosch is the uh, 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 current uh, superintendent of the state police. 
Um, and uh, it's the assault weapons ban uh, that we have here in Maryland. It has been, uh, now there's a period from when the Supreme Court enters an order to, there's a, a delay of I think 25 days to allow for anybody who wants to apply for a rehearing or something like that to do it. So the 25 days went by and this week, the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals got the official uh, remand from the uh, Supremes. And so <laughs> that case will now uh, is scheduled for an opening brief from uh, uh, the people suing the state that's due on the 22nd of this month. And then uh, on the 12th of September, the state's reply brief is due. And then the reply brief, uh, to, uh, the, the rebuttal brief gets to uh, come in on the 22nd of September. And then they've scheduled uh, tentatively the oral argument in the case for the first or second week in December. So that's the first bit of civil rights related uh, to what's going on in the Second Amendment of Maryland. Yay. The other thing is a Maryland shell issue, of which I am a member, uh, is suing the, uh, in the, uh, the state. In this case, it's called Maryland Shell Issue v. Hogan. Hogan's our Republican governor. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, in Maryland is one of the states where you have to get permission from the government in order to buy uh, a regu- well, a reg- it's called a handgun qualification license, but you got to have it to buy a- any regulated firearm. So that would include certain um, certain <clears throat> rifles and shotguns as well. So you have to get a handgun qualification license here. And only Hawaii has one that is as hard to get uh, as uh, Maryland's in terms of the hoops you have to jump to. you got to get fingerprints and you have to have a certain amount of training and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And... That uh, that hasn't hadn't made it all the way. That had just made it to the Court of Appeals when uh, the uh, Supreme Court said, yeah, we're going to hear the uh, Bruin case. And so it's now uh, uh, the it's now it got uh, it's uh, it was held in the bayonets, but it it's now moving forward has been since the uh, uh, first of July. And this week, the. Uh, uh, the Maryland Shell issue filed their opening brief, and the state's brief will come in uh, by the second of September. And it's this is on, mm-hmm. going to be fairly fast tracked. I'm not even sure that they're going to bother with uh, with hearing uh, this uh, this case by oral argument, but we'll see. So s- stay tuned, uh, and at least at Hogwash, there'll be coverage of this over the these two cases over the fall and into the winter. So uh, stay tuned. We've got more stuff going. Meanwhile, right. uh, meanwhile, um, speaking of uh, different uh, self-defense, yeah, different, <laughs> neighbor, different neighborhoods uh, have got different uh, attitudes about self-defense. Yeah. And different uh, law enforcement agencies have got different ideas and different TAs have got different ideas. Yeah, I got a, I did a post uh, uh, last, last Saturday, week. actually. Yeah, yeah it was, it, it, I think it was Sunday anyways, but all neighborhoods are not created equal. Um, and I, I talked about uh, to explain how CompStat mm-hmm. uh affected uh, law enforcement. It's one of the technological reasons. People don't understand 
from from about 1995 uh, to 2015, in, in roughly a, a span of uh, 20 years, from the mid uh, 1990s uh, down to the uh, you know uh, the second Obama term, uh, crime went down. It was uh, violent crime was was down overall. And, and one of the reasons uh, for what it was were advances in technology. You have uh, DA databases, uh, fingerprint databases. You have um, computerized networks uh, where people can, the cops can more easily uh, get information. You had surveillance cameras. I, I cannot tell you how much difference surveillance cameras have made in law enforcement. John. One of the other mm. things, and I, I, I get into this because my background is an acoustical engineer, but mm. one of the other things that uh, worked is putting up an array of microphones fairly widely spaced around the city and hearing Shot where spotter. the gunshots yeah, yeah, yeah. Hearing where the gunshots are coming from, gee, uh -huh. maybe that would give us an idea of which rough neighborhoods are sufficiently rough tonight that we ought to put some uh, yeah. assets. Yeah, there. these mm -hmm. shot spotter uh, uh, things. But the, but technology uh, has made a lot of difference in crime. And one of the things is what was called CompStat. Mm -hmm. They brought this in in New York, and what they did was that all nine one one calls, uh, all. Uh, arrest everything that the cops knew about crime in the city, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, all the reports were put into a uh, computerized database, and on this basis, they got weekly reports that told them detailed information about where crime was happening, when it was happening, and everything like this. This allowed them to do investigations so much better. Uh, that it it had that they could target specific areas at specific times of day, okay, and they knew the descriptions of suspects, and so so they were able to put this information together in such a way that they could target where the crime was happening and who was yeah. doing it when they were doing it, and from that you understand the success of the crime prevention efforts by law enforcement. From mm -hmm. that came the complaints from the social justice crowd about mass incarceration. Well, yeah, if the cops are getting better at arresting, investigating, you know, prosecuting crime, if you are able to get evidence like, mm -hmm. hello, you're caught on video committing a crime, okay, it makes it easier to put criminals in prison. And so suddenly, mm -hmm. more criminals are in prison. they be going mass incarceration. Well, thank God, because the crime rate went down for 20 years. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. well, well, I mean, here's the other thing. It, it's just the way that they were able to re uh, focus resources. I think the statistics for New York were something like a little bit less than 4% of the streets uh, accounted for almost 90% of the violence. There's a, new quite frightening. Out, there's a new book out called Criminal Injustice by Raphael right. Mangual, uh, who is a Manhattan Institute scholar. And it's mm -hmm. a new book coming out. And he did a column uh, based on his book. He said, criminal violence has long been both geographically 
and demographically hyper-concentrated. In New York, about 3.5% of street segments see about 50% of the city's violent crime. Every year, for well over a decade, a minimum of 95% of shooting victims are either black or Hispanic. That's in New York City. The vast majority of them are male. So Mm -hmm. black and Hispanic males are at the highest risk of being shot. As as a matter of equity, then, we should have some uh, white uh, cat lady uh, uh, college graduates uh, lined up and shot, right? (laughs) Can we not? Social justice. (laughs) That's horrible. He said, said, nationally, black males constitute between six and seven percent of the population but are murdered at a rate 10 times that of their Mm. white counterparts and these homicides are tightly clustered in a relative handful of neighborhoods in and around american cities for example Mm -hmm. in 2019 the national murder rate was five per 100,000 you got that five Mm -hmm. per 100,000 in the 10 most dangerous Chicago neighborhoods, which are 95.7% black or Latino, the 2019 homicide rate was a whopping 61.7 per 100,000. That is like 12 times. That's 12 times the rate. Here's another. That's a slaughter. Here's another interesting statistic. If you take the, you know, people complain about our, our the U.S. murder rate being much higher and we're, uh, you know, come out and, 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 and way up, up above any other industrialized country. Um, and the thing is, if you back out um, the top seven cities with for murder mm-hmm. rates in the United States... We come in in 150, 156th place. Right, right, right. Okay, so, uh, you know, more than 60% of the murders are in seven cities, seven metropolitan areas. Yeah, yeah. Baltimore, uh. Chicago, St. Louis, New Orleans, and, uh, and there's a few others. Washington uh, and Memphis. Was- yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, Oakland, it's- Richmond, the Iron Triangle. Yeah. Yeah, there are there are some, you know, in other words, what he's trying to tell you is that there is a that when we're talking about crime, okay, we know where violent crime is happening and we know who is committing it and who is being victimized by it. And yet the people who claim to care about people of color, quote unquote, the people who claim to be the party that claims to care about this is taking money from George Soros to hire prosecutors who won't prosecute the law, turning loose criminals that are killing tens of thousands of people. Mosby just got uh, uh, kicked out in Baltimore. Maryland Mosby. Uh, Chase Bowden is gone from San Francisco. George Gascon, maybe. Please let it happen. It's probably going. And uh, Tampa has a new acting uh, state's attorney. Yes, 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 yes. This is my headline from Thursday. I was was particularly amused uh, 
when uh, our friend uh, Christina uh, Peshaw said, hey, make sure you're uh, paying attention. We've got big stuff coming up uh, tomorrow. And bing, we, we, well, oh, a good wow. Start. That okay, was headline, so amazing. <laughs> the headline, boom, America's best governor suspends rogue Tampa prosecutors. Yay. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is taking action against rogue prosecutors <laughs> who put themselves above the law, announcing the suspension of state attorney Andrew Warren. Now, he held his press conference in Tampa. Andrew Warren uh, in 2016, uh, upset the incumbent uh, state attorney for Hillsborough County. It's actually a district, but it it's mainly encompasses Tampa, which is Hillsborough ca- uh, County. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Warren uh, has been has basically uh, been turning loose criminals, but not. But the mm-hmm. thing that really got him. Uh, uh, was was when he declared he signed a letter declaring that he would not enforce uh, Florida's recent uh, uh, abortion law, which limits uh, abortion. I think to, is it fifteen weeks? Fifteen weeks, but they yeah. had that for years. Well, anyways, but he 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 uh, signed a letter saying that he would not enforce the abortion law. Uh, but not only that. Uh, but he also said that he wouldn't uh, enforce the state law forbidding um, uh, sex change treatment for minors. Well, and the other thing is, is that after he got booted out of office, he's now claiming that uh, that was unconstitutional, that, uh, that uh, the status doesn't have the authority to do it, and it's explicitly in the state constitution. Article 4, Section 7 of the Florida Constitution provides the governor has the authority to spend any state officer. Mm-hmm. Um, I said in the provision, the governor can suspend from office a county officer for, quote, malfeasance, misfeasance, neglect of duty, drunkenness, incompetence, permanent inability to perform official duties or commission of felony. Hey, he mm-hmm. suspended. He remember he suspended a sheriff who was uh, derelict. Sheriff yeah, indeed. Yeah, and, and and neglect of duty is clear cut here. He declared that he would not do this, but but uh, I was reading the uh, article in the Tampa Times about this. And by the way, they got mm-hmm. no love for uh, Ron DeSantis at the Tampa Bay Times, but they they were compelled to admit that crime has skyrocketed since Warren took office in 2016. Tampa's violent crime rate has spiked in recent years with the city in 2021 recording the most murders it had seen since 1994. Okay, so this is a 17-year high uh, of of murders in Tampa. And you think of Tampa, if you've ever been to Tampa, it's a beautiful city. I mean, it's absolutely a beautiful place to visit, but apparently... See, this, they can ruin paradise. Well, let's don't talk about California and what's gone out mm. there. But, but if you let these people get away with this, and Ron, Ron DeSantis has said, no, not on my watch. We, nobody is above the, the law, and the, the state's attorneys will either enforce the law or they'll be looking for another job. Meanwhile, in Massachusetts. Oh, God. Uh- we have a federal prosecutor who has set up a hotline for people to report, among other things, people espousing 
hate-filled views. Huh. Now, it's one thing for somebody to call up law enforcement and say, this person is making threats. Yeah. Uh, something like that. But, you know, in, an in-hate uh, now hotline, and really it, the number is 83-END-H8-N-O-W. Uh, yeah. uh. I mean, basically, this encompasses so much protected First Amendment speech just, and it's all there in her article, which makes it like, why, why is this, does this even exist? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, so, I mean, basically, uh, this is every... Uh, Can I express some hate-filled views toward U.S. Attorney Rachel Rollins? Well... I, I mean, I mean, someone's tipper off to this podcast where I say, <laughs> I really hate the thought police. I hate this snitch mentality like the East <laughs> German Stasi. Okay? We America is a free country. If if I have uh um opinions about Rachel Rollins, write that name she spells Rachel wrong by the way. Uh, but but uh, Rachel Rollins is her name. So remember mm -hmm. Rachel Rollins, the US attorney for Massachusetts. And I just want to say that if I have an, a negative opinion of it and I want to call her ugly names, that's what the First Amendment is all about. Well, to the extent that you're not threatening her. I, have I threatened her? I mean, to, you, you know, I'm a threat to no one. I, you I, know, the, I try to avoid Massachusetts, except for the fact, of course, you know, that. It's in the way of getting to some places that are nice. well, Boston, right? Okay, the uh, you know I love the Patriots, but uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Anyway, how about Baltimore? How do you feel about? Oh, Baltimore? good heavenly day. Uh, <laughs> how do you feel about? I mean, when I hold it. I think uh, you know I thirty some odd years ago, I used to enjoy going to camping yards. It was uh -huh. a wonderful thing to do. Great ballpark. Used to enjoy taking uh, my son down to uh, the uh, sh tall ships that are down there. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and, and the, uh, the National Aquarium and lots of others. The, the, the wonderful children's And Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. Last <laughs> night, last night, my son Jefferson was going with friends to the uh, Orioles game. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> And uh, so he leaves here, and, and his brother, Emerson, is in Europe with his wife. They're, they're over there doing some kind of like a, a internship in Europe. But anyways, Emerson has left his car here. So I, I came back. I had made a trip out, and I come at, you know, Emerson, Jefferson told me he was leaving. And then I noticed that Emerson's car was gone. So I texted Emerson. I said, did you know Jeff took your car to Baltimore? He said, yeah, that's no problem. I said, but what if he gets carjacked? <laughs> okay, but <laughs> I'm sorry, man. If there's any place in America, you're, you're going to get carjacked. Okay, Chicago <laughs> may be worse. But on a per capita basis, I mean, Baltimore's just Google Baltimore carjacking. Folks. Well, on the other hand, it, my Chicago carjacking story has to do with the fact that my brother-in-law got one of the first Illinois carry permits. Um, you know, um, I actually have a really good attempted carjacking story. Go for it. 
Okay, way back in the mists of time, and I we are talking so long ago, it's ridiculous. I was working nights for UPS. Um, I was on the line. And um, so, and back in those days, I smoked. Anyway, I was on my way home. Life and, was good. Yeah, what can I say? Anyway, I realized that I was out of cigarettes. And so I was going to go and pick up a pack. And so there I am, and I borrowed somebody's car because riding a motorcycle in the middle of the night in San Francisco tends to be a really stupid move. Um, so I borrowed a, a car from one of my roommates, and I'm driving over, and all of a sudden, some brainless git bounces out in front of me and points a gun at me and is yelling, get out of the car. And I just looked at him, dropped down to a, uh, dropped down a little bit lower in the seat, grinned, and gunned the car forward. <laughs> because here I am in a miniature tank. What are you going to do? Well, actually, the, I have been advised by several people, both in law enforcement and lawyers, that uh, when you are confronted with a deadly threat like that and you have a two-ton bludgeon, guess what? <laughs> yeah. Well, he dove clear, and he seemed quite indignant about it. Well, the other in May, in May, the headline out of the Baltimore Sun was carjackings up more than 50% in Baltimore with more than Ooh. 200 cases this year. Well, meanwhile, in Baltimore, just uh, even more uh, uh, roughly the same time frame we were talking about, uh, uh, a Baltimore man who has been painting signs around the city, hundreds of them, no shoot zone. Well, you're doing it on sidewalks, sides of buildings, Graffiti. all this sort of stuff, is, uh, got shot. <laughs> he did, uh, yes. Yeah, he really did. And uh, it's like, uh, you know, turns out that uh, not only, he, he may be one of the people who deserve shooting. Uh. Uh, Hard to say. All I can say is that, wow, John, you, you picked up this thread and I was reading it and wow. Well, Stacy has jumped on it as well. If you uh, go not to the top of the blog, because that's, that's sticky, but the, scroll down to the next uh, bit and he's picked up on that. His headline is, he's not making this up, you know. So this is our crazy person who was dangerous to himself, but it turns out he's been dangerous to others in the past as well, Stacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's, uh, hang on a second now. I had done closed that page, so I'm going to have to reopen it. Okay. okay. Just take me a second. Just take me a second. Tyree yeah. Moorhead, 46. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. He's a 43 year old who actually 46. went to prison. Yeah, he's 46. He went to prison when he was a teenager after it served 11 years in prison. Uh, for a shootout with police when he was 15, but he's reformed and he said he's someone that's trying to protect a community that obviously doesn't want to be protected. Oh, well, that's one of the reasons why I don't go to Baltimore anymore. But <laughs> oh, I Lord. Go every Saturday out to this undisclosed location where we do this podcast. And yes, folks, uh, you hear the boogie woogie piano, and that tells you we are approaching the end of the other podcasts and so we will uh be back uh next week seven o'clock on sa saturday night is our usual time how are things down there in uh, uh valdosta uh fantastic all right well exotic uh yes criminal hold, hold <laughs> the fort and we'll be back next saturday night seven o'clock 
See you later, folks. Good night, Diana. Good night, Steve. Good night. Thank <laughs> you.